Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And today we have a really special show for you because we are going to be taking you live to the front lines in Israel, the Israel-Gaza war that is still going on. And um, this is where you're going to get the truth about what's going on, because my guest, Ari Boussel, who is a foreign correspondent, a journalist, and who has been in Israel for almost 15 weeks now, um, is going to tell you what what is actually happening because he is there, and um, and we fortunately don't have the constraints that some of the major uh, media sources do in terms of um, putting out the propaganda should, that that they want to put out and not really telling you the truth. So you're going to hear it here, live and for real. So welcome to the show, Ari. Thank you very much. I'm I appreciate you having me on the show. Um, you know, my, I can't help, uh, as I was reading your bio and so on, um, you're, you are currently Vice President of Operations of your family's company, uh, Sabrex International, which, uh, which specializes in the distribution it's of fine spirits. wines and spirits. You, yep. um, are, you live in Beverly Hills. Um, you've been, my first question is, what's a nice Jewish boy like you doing in a place like that? Uh, I did it 20 years ago. I, um, in the States, I'm a, the family is four generations strong now, and I'm registered for selective service, but in my lifetime, we did not have a draft. Um, I did. Uh, wait, wait. Little... You're lying. Are you talking about? I'm a little confused. Are you talking about in Israel or in the states? No, no, no. First, I'm talking about the states. Okay. What I did 20 years ago is I, uh, because I have dual citizenship, I went and I served during the first Persian Gulf War um, in the general headquarters of the Israel Defense Forces. Um, 20 years have passed. The world has changed quite dramatically, and I'm now serving in a different war in a different front. And the front in which I'm uh, taking part is the front uh, in which, Dr. Carroll, you're also a part, and I think many of the listeners, we're all today on the front of public diplomacy, on the war for public opinion. And what I did is, um, uh, it's 14 and a half weeks ago uh, that I left Beverly Hills. I took a plane, I took a ticket, and uh, took the plane to Tel Aviv. And I've been here for the past 15 weeks or 14 and a half weeks. And it has truly been not only a roller coaster ride, but the adventure of a lifetime. Uh, it is amazing to be in Israel. Israel is, is a country of, um, of Bible and history and um, modernity. It's a, it's a country in which you can breathe and feel what true diversity is all about. A country in which you can sit on the beach uh, and you can drive 10 minutes and be in a war zone. Hmm. Um, and it's all intermingled. And that's the many faces of Israel is what brings and creates the beauty in this and the miracle in this area called Israel on the Mediterranean shores um, in this part of the world. You know, <laughs> I, well, first of all, I want to say that I really admire your courage. And um, 
I, I, I certainly I wish I were there um, and doing what you're doing, which is which is primarily. I mean, I, you can tell us more details, which but it primarily is um, doing what you're going to be doing today, which is getting out the truth about what's going on there. Um, I just want to. Where were you born in Israel? I was born in Sacramento, California. Oh, you were born in Sacramento. Yes. But then, did you live in Israel? I lived three times. The the last time was, as I mentioned, uh, 20 years ago when I came here in 1989 and served until uh, the beginning of 1993. Well, that's amazing. That So what do you attribute... Um, the accent. <laughs> well, the accent, one, and, and two, um, your... You know, your, your passion, your dedication. The love, the, the love to the country. The, the reason is simple. I mean, I was raised... I was raised on a set of values that the flag, the country, um, has uh, have some meaning. When we stand in the States and we recite the Pledge of Allegiance, there is a meaning to it. When the flag of the United States of America is raised, and you can see it over every building, federal building, and then on cars, as we have been doing since the September 11th attacks on the United States. Uh, it touches my heart, and it touches many other people's hearts. Uh, we must not forget at every point when we see a flag that there are hundred and some thousand young men and women fighting for each and every one of us, fighting so that we will be able to burn the flag and to express our opinions freely, and to enjoy all the freedoms that we take for granted in the state. Now, let's move from the U.S. to Israel, because your question was about Israel and not about the state. The same set of values has been embedded in me. Um, as a Jewish person, son to Israeli parents, uh, whose American grandfather fought in World War II, um, and my father is a kid escaped the Warsaw Ghetto just before the uprising. If Israel does not exist, Jews do not really have a place in the world. This is our home. This is our shelter. This is really our homeland. And I was brought up on the, on the idea, on the notion, that it is my obligation to serve Israel. And I've done it 20 years ago. I've paid my debt to society, so to speak. I came and I served during the first Persian Gulf War, not knowing there was going to be a war. And when I came here 15 weeks ago, or 14 and a half weeks ago, I knew that I need to, to act in the area of public diplomacy for Israel, from Israel. Because the stronger Israel is, the easier it is to fight anti-Semitism. The weaker Israel's position, uh, the more rampant and, more, and the stronger anti-Semitism starts spreading. And I think that all of you are feeling it now. Actually, we all feel it now. Yes. So, the idea was very simple. The idea is to come to Israel and see what can be done in the area of public diplomacy. So and when you came um, 14 and a half weeks ago, did you know that, I mean, you knew that the ceasefire was going to be coming, uh, was going to be ending on December 19th, and did you sort of uh, have inside knowledge or did you anticipate yourself that there was going to be a war, or I mean, what? What? It, why was there Dr. this Carol, timing? We've, we've known each other for quite some time, and I had the, the privilege and the opportunity to to be interviewed on on your show before. Uh, what I like very much about you and about the book you wrote uh, is the astute uh, understanding. And the question is a very leading question, so let me answer it straightforwardly. Yes, people knew uh, that the tahadia, the so-called ceasefire of convenience 
would come to an end on Friday, 19 days ago. People knew there was a date. The question is, did Israel prepare for it? And I'm afraid to say that, uh, and I will quote um, a general um, a general reserve in Israel, um, General Zevi Farkash, who was the head of intelligence in the IDF. Um, and I asked him the same question. I said, we all knew that the idea was coming to an end. Why didn't we prepare properly? And uh, the general answered very, um, very interestingly. He said that in Israel, the best way we operate is ad hoc. Now, my approach, um, as anybody else's approach who has been brought up in the States, is to do things in advance, to be ready, to have an exit plan, to, to know what it is we are trying to achieve, um, and not to do it when it happens or after it happens. So, no, to answer your question, when I came here, I did not know that Israel will go into Operation Kastled. I did not expect there to be a war um, of one sort or another while I'm here. And I go back to the, uh, to the notion that it is an adventure of a lifetime um, and, um, and that we have to learn the lessons. We need to be prepared because the war today or the effort today is concentrated uh, on the southern border, on the Gaza Strip, but the war today takes place not in Israel. And in my opinion, the importance of this radio um, show and of many others like it, both on the radio, um, uh, on TV, um, in written media, is the fact that the war today is in London and in Los Angeles and in Washington, D.C., and in South Africa and in New Zealand. It's a war on public opinion, and Israel, unfortunately, fails miserably. And I'm sure we'll get to it as, as the talk proceeds. Yes, yes, and that, that is, we will get to it, and that is the, um, a point that people need to really recognize um, and, and, the, and the danger that this poses really for everyone. I mean, Israel, of course... And, um, and Jews all over the world, but, you know, even non-Jews, this is really, this is really something serious. But, but I, of course, I want you to tell us about, um, uh, you know, before we get to that, the implications of all of it. Um, and, and, well, you know, you were, you were saying about not preparing, and that's one of the things that I want to talk about, too, um, that I think perhaps one of the reasons why they weren't prepared was because Israel still, despite how in the past, um, for as long as anyone can remember, land for peace never worked. And yet I think there are a lot of people in Israel, and I have only been to Israel once, I am ashamed to say, and I certainly... Actually, that's, that's one more time that many of my very good friends who are Jewish uh, from the States who have never been to Israel even once, but they do intend to come here. Well, I, I was there when my daughter was bas mitzvah. She was um, bas mitzvah in Israel, and it was, it was incredible. And, um, and what was my point? Oh, my point was that there is still so much hope that, um, that somehow land for peace is going to work or that they won't have to have a war. And, and I'm sure that must be one of the frustrations for you since the media is portraying Israel as a warmonger, and in fact, it's the exact opposite, and what you just said about not even being prepared just underlines that. If I may, let me try to put things in, into, um, into the context. Yes, well, I think we're going to have to wait until after the break for you to do that, but that will be Absolutely. a great place to start. 
Okay. Um, we do need to take a break. Uh, we're talking with Ari Boussel, straight from Israel, live. He's telling us uh, the truth. You're not having this filtered through editorial boards who, for whatever reason, want to um, promote their own version of the truth. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, so stay tuned. Toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. 
And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with a fascinating show for you today, live from the front lines in Israel, with foreign correspondent Ari Boussel, who uh, put aside his uh, <laughs> cushy life to go to Israel and um, fight on the diplomacy front for his country, and, and certainly um, that is a very important front line, as well as... Uh, uh, being there, you know, in the, in the plains or, or, um, you know, or, or in Gaza. Um, but you, before the break, you wanted to, you were starting to say that you wanted to put this all in context. And I think that that would be a great place to go now. Starting with, I actually, um, want to know where the name came from, Operation Cast Lead. Um, I will answer the, the, na- about the name, but if you'll allow me, let's go back sure. very briefly. Eight years ago, for the past eight years, Israel has been, the southern part of Israel has been constantly under a bombardment of rockets from the Gaza Strip. It is not something new. It has been going for a very long period of time. Uh, there is a city half a, named Sderot, uh, half a mile away from the northern uh, Gaza Strip, um, where uh, the people are subject to essentially to chronic post-traumatic stress disorder. You don't know when a rocket might fall. You don't know where your kids might be at any given point of time. You don't know if you will find shelter in time because you get a 15-second warning. The, the words color red, color red, are announced on loudspeakers, and you have 15 seconds to take cover. That's all that you have for eight years. Um, the bombardment has been going on. Israel has tried everything it can to reach, uh, sorry, three years ago, Israel has unilaterally withdrew from um, the northern Gaza Strip um, a process called disengagement. There were thriving uh, Israeli uh, towns there with hothouses um, that exported in the, I don't know if the, in the tens or hundreds of millions of dollars every year. Um, and they developed technology that really doesn't exist anywhere else. Uh, for instance, how does one grow lattice without um, herbicides or pesticides, um, and yet there were no, um, no bugs in the lattice? Th- that's quite unusual, quite exceptional. Hmm. Um, when Israel decided to withdraw, and that was at the time of, uh, of Ariel Sharon, uh, it was a unilateral decision. Uh, Israel was hoping that by essentially getting out of Gaza, um, it, will, it will not have uh, to deal with the ongoing barrage of rockets and the hatred and the terrorist attacks, etc. There was a complete separation between the two. Uh, this did not work. Hamas then was elected as the official representative of the people, and that's when a terrorist organization that has in its charter, and I think that's a very, very important point to pay attention to, Hamas charter calls to the destruction of Israel, of the Jewish homeland. Uh, it was never changed. The rhetoric are very clear about their objective. They are in an armed military struggle to obliterate Israel, the Jewish homeland, of the, the map of the world. Now, that is not much different than what the president of Iran is saying, except that they are much closer to us. Um, so Hamas is the elected government. Now we have a terrorist organization in charge of a territory which is fighting Israel. 
Israel has entered into a, a so-called ceasefire, a tahadiyah, um, a ceasefire of convenience, essentially for both sides, um, which came into an end uh, just one, two, three, uh, four weeks ago. And you asked me before, uh, didn't Israel know it was coming to an end? Yes, Israel knew it was coming to an end and expected it to continue. Hamas did not want uh, to, to continue the ceasefire and essentially started or continued uh, a more escalated pace of bombardment of Israeli cities. Here is the first time. Now, Israel, all, during that time, is busy with the upcoming election. And we have a very interesting um, cycle here whereby uh, a person votes for a party. And since no party reaches a majority in the, in the Knesset, in the parliament, uh, then we, there is always a coalition government. Um, the elections um, are going to take place on February 10th uh, in 28 days. And um, that's what, was, what Israel was concerned about. Uh, the primaries for the election and um, the, the placement of people in, in the position in the lists, because if, if I'm position number 10, for instance, but the party only gets uh, seven, um, the equivalent of seven votes into the Knesset or eight places into the Knesset, then I would not be representing the party in the parliament. Mm -hmm. Um, so Israel was getting ready for the election, and it seems that nothing else uh, concerns anybody. When Israel decided to go into Operation Kastled, which was Saturday, the 27th of December, we were in the middle of the, Holy, of the Festival of the Lights. And there is a song, uh, uh, and the song starts, My father made for me... Um, 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 a dreidel made of, of cast lead. And oh. the two words are taken from that song. Oh, hmm. And again, it's very interesting. The symbolism, the symbolism uh, does not, cannot escape uh, us because it is the Festival of the Lights. And the Festival of the Lights is essentially reminds us that each of us is a small light. But together, we can fight as one the forces of, of evil. And let me just then finish the, this general framework. Um, the forces of evil today emanate from Iran. Iran, via its cronies, both Hezbollah in the north, in Lebanon, and Hamas in the south, in the Gaza Strip, uh, essentially has a whole crescent that spread from Iran, via Iraq, Syria, and Lebanon to the shores of the Mediterranean, then south, via Hamas, to the shores of the Mediterranean, and Israel today is the last port standing in the progress of Iran in its attempt to establish a caliphate, a caliphate that will have a Muslim Sharia law um, extend. They actually wanted to extend the world over. And mm -hmm. the extension to the shores of the Mediterranean would then extend them further on to Spain and, Por and Portugal. And from there to the United States of America, and I think we've all seen and heard the idea of uh, President Ahmadinejad of having the, um, the Iranian flag over the White House. Now, that's something that each and every one of us needs to fight. 
That's why the fight that Israel is fighting today, which cannot be defined as a war, because Hamas, again, is a terrorist organization, and the Gaza Strip is a territory, it is not a country. But the Operation Castled, in which Israel, to which Israel has embarked, um, is essentially a global fight against the spread of radical Islam. We are all part in it. Yes, that... And that's something that um, that it's it's really this certainly does not come out in the American media. I can you know, uh, or even not even just American. Even when you look on the internet and you look at uh, uh, newspapers and so on in, in countries like the UK or you know other places, um, that whole concept is being lost. Um, Let me tell you, the people who really understand it, I think most of all are the Egyptians. The, uh, it's a very strange ally because Israel has been in, in peace, uh, somewhat a, a very cold peace, but still in peace with Egypt for 30 years now. Uh, actually, that would be the 31st year. And Egypt understands the threat. Hamas, which is a branch of the Muslim Brotherhood, um, is exactly the same threat to Israel as it is to Egypt. Egypt and Jordan and I think many other Muslim countries understand the threat of the spread of radical Islam. And it's strange of all places to find Egypt as the partner, but let, let me just um, state the two goals of Operation Kastled and the one unstated goal. Yes. Operation Kastled was embarked upon in order to reach the following. Number one, to stop the bombardment of rockets onto Israel, because Hamas fire rockets purposely into civilian um, towns, cities, villages, etc. Their intention is to inflict as much uh, death and um, damage as possible. The rockets have become, over the years, much more sophisticated. They're much lighter. They have much greater range. And they inflict, they are designed to inflict as much harm as possible. They actually include a multitude of small or very small metal balls. So when, when the rocket explodes, there is a whole um, cloud of these metal balls which will inflict as much harm and death on everybody, on every living organism in the area. So the idea was, number one, to stop the bombardment of rockets. And well, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry to have to interrupt you again. But, um, but that music means we do need to. And when we come back, we'll start again with what the aims of, of Operation Cast Lead are and, um, and talk more about that. My guest is Ari Bussell. He's reporting to us live from Israel. Um, and you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And please stay tuned because all of this is so very, very important because it's really uh, one of the rare places you're going to be hearing the truth. So again, stay tuned. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask 
the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at SkillsUSA.org. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today with Ari Bussell, a very brave man who um, is talking to us live from the front lines in Israel and telling us about what is really happening. And before the break, um, you were talking about uh, the, the, the two goals. goals of Operation Cast Lead. Or was it the, three goals? The, the two stated goals of Operation Cast Lead are, number one, to bring back the safety and quiet to the, south of, uh, to the southern part of Israel. There are about a, a million people living in the southern part. They are all now in the range of the rockets, the mortar shells of Hamas. Um, we actually now divide the area into zones, um, those which are within 15-second warning, 30-second warning. Uh, the port city of Ashdod, for instance, where a major electrical power plant is situated, 
um, is 45 seconds from, from the northern Gaza, Gaza Strip. And Beersheba, the capital of the Negev, of the southern part of Israel, uh, is 60 seconds away. Hmm. Now, Beersheba, so first of all, to the two goals, and then I'll just mention something quite interesting about Beersheba. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, one goal, the first goal was to bring back quiet and safety to, to the southern part, to bring a cessation to the firing of rockets into Israel, into civilian population centers. The second goal was to stop the smuggling of more advanced ammunition and weaponry into the Gaza Strait. Um, and I will touch on that point as well, but let me uh, mention the third goal, which is not stated, but has not escaped anyone in Israel. For 930-some days, we have had one soldier which was kidnapped. Uh, his name is Gilad Shalit. He's been held in Hamas hands. He is supposedly still alive. We hope and pray that he is still alive. The indication is that he is. But the International Red Cross has not been allowed to see him. And that's quite an interesting um, point, because Hamas terrorists who are held in Israel, Israeli prisons are being allowed weekly visitation rights. Mm. And Hamas demands even more frequent rights, etc. And yet a single soldier who is being held by Hamas has not seen may not have even seen the, di- the, the light of day for the past 930-some days, mm-hmm. but none of us, not his parents, not any official of the state of Israel or of Egypt or of any other country has been allowed to see him. Uh, we need to remember we fight not only a terrorist organization, but we fight people who are barbaric, who are, who are close to, not close to, but behaving like animals and um, I'll touch on that point as well. They use their own people as human shields. They are acting from within kindergartens and mosques and hospitals. And we need to keep it in mind because we always look with Western eyes and we try to evaluate and um, assign values to an enemy based on our perception. And that is wrong. Um, so two stated goals to the southern part to cessation of, of the firing of rockets to stop the smuggling of ammunition of weaponry of people of trained experts coming from Iran into Gaza to fight Israel and the unstated uh, mission and the hope and the prayer is that Gilad Shalit will come back alive to Israel um, that's what Israel has gone to has embarked on Operation Cast Lead what we have seen over the, the past 28 days, and it's 25 minutes before midnight here, uh, sorry, what we have seen during the past 18 days of the operation um, uh, is that Hamas is using much longer range uh, rockets. Uh, they at first use, and they continue to use Qassam rockets, but they are now using uh, Russian-made and Chinese-made uh, Grad missiles, which were improved and advanced uh, in Gaza. What the operation has succeeded thus far is first to um, to hit, uh, I think, 80%, if not more, of the production facilities in Gaza. Um, we have not been able to hit all the ammunition caches underneath the ground. And that's another very interesting point. Gaza is between, is, uh, the Gaza Strip is between Israel and Egypt. 
there are border crossings both from Israel and from Egypt. There's a stretch of land which is about eight miles in length called the Philadelphia Corridor. Now, Philadelphia has no connection whatsoever with Philadelphia. It is a computer-generated name, a nickname of sorts, uh, assigned by the Israel Defense Forces computer system. This Philadelphia corridor, uh, from which Israel has, um, I don't want to say the word retreated, but has left, uh, and Egypt was supposed to make sure that there is no passage of, um, essentially no passage whatever, of people, of ammunition, of of money, of commodities, etc., from Egypt into Gaza. What what happened is that the whole industry has developed of smuggling, mm. um, and people started digging tunnels and became experts in tunnels from Rafiah, from the from the Egyptian side of of Rafiah, of the town of Rafiah, into Gaza. Um, they essentially created a city of tunnels underneath ground. Some of them, um, a person can, I think, almost walk upright. Um, they have electricity down there. They have communication, mean, communication means down there. Um, and it's, it's, it's literally a city underneath the ground. The threat, of course, is not... And why is that important? Because... Gaza is portrayed in the media, and when you ask just the average uh, Joe the Plumber, who is, by the way, now in Israel, uh, reporting from here too, but if you ask him what does he think uh, about uh, Gaza, the first question that, no- that people will normally answer is, it's a city or an area under siege. Now, for, a certain, for an area under siege, I can assure you they're doing phenomenally well because thousands of tons of material uh, found um, their way into Gaza via this network of smugglers, um, via the Sinai Peninsula in Egypt, into Gaza, via the tunnels. So an area under... But who are the smugglers? You were saying before that Egypt is an ally of Israel, so it's not the Egyptians. Who are the smugglers? No, but it's under their auspices, under their uh, so-called um, watchful eye. Well, then, how, but then, why were you saying that they're? Um, then, how is that being an ally? Uh, well, e- Egypt and Jordan are actually uh, between uh, are in, in a difficult position because they are Arab countries. Uh, they still need to speak in one language to their brethren, to the to the other twenty-one uh, Arab countries, and yet at the same time they fight a common enemy, an enemy of radical Islam. Um, who are the smugglers? Um, they are, a, some of them or many of them are Gazans, others are Egyptians, and the things, they smuggle not only goods and services, they smuggle um, weaponry, anything short of a tank has been smuggled into Gaza. They also smuggle, and that is extremely important to, to, uh, to note, um, trained personnel from Iran, either Gazans, Hamas terrorists who came back from Iran, or Iranian experts to fight the fight in, in Gaza or to direct the fight. The same thing, by the way, happened uh, previously in Lebanon, whereby the passage was, a, was essentially official passage 
from Iran to Syria and then from Syria into Lebanon. Um, and they have learned the lessons from the second war in Lebanon, which took place in the summer of 2006. The same lessons have now been implemented in Gaza. So we have a whole industry of smuggling into this area so-called under siege, and yet Israel is blamed for causing a, humanit a humanitarian uh, disaster, a holocaust in Gaza. And I'm not using the word lightly, but as the operation came into being, as the operation started on Saturday, the 27th of December, on the same day, there was a group on Facebook uh, called the Gaza Holocaust. And they immediately had caricatures and pictures and um, uh, their, their um, PR machine is so sophisticated and so advanced, and we simply fail in it. Because what do they show? They show an area under siege to which Israel is preventing the passage of basic uh, humanitarian aid, meaning food, medical supplies, electricity, um, and fuel. Nothing could be further from the truth. And now let me go to, to an interesting um, phone call that uh, was received on Friday, 10 days ago, in Sderot. Sderot, again, is the city half a mile away from the Gaza Strip that was subject to bombardment of rockets for the past eight years. The city is almost... Um, there are hardly any residents left in the city. And... Uh, but the city is full. It's full of foreign correspondents. Huh. A foreign correspondent from Oslo calls the Ministry of Foreign Affairs front office in the road. The, the Minister of Foreign Affairs opened a front uh, location in the road, um, and the reporter on Friday morning asks um, the following question. He says, Hamas came out with the statement that Israel is preventing the passage of humanitarian aid convoys into Gaza. It was quite interesting because just less than an hour earlier, I was in the field together with a spokesperson of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and we have seen a convoy en route to Gaza. Um, a day earlier, Israel uh, allowed the passage of 93 truckloads. Uh, two days earlier, 63 truckloads and five um, ambulances, a gift from Turkey. And three days earlier, 23 truckloads. By the way, all these truckloads are passing with, uh, you can see it on, on the live feed uh, on the Internet. Well, yeah, well, I want to continue with that when we come back because, um, yes, it's everywhere. You would think that, uh, you would think that Israel was not only uh, not allowing humanitarian aid in, but also killing and injuring a lot more people than, um, than is actually the case, too. And maybe you can speak to that when we come back. My guest is Ari Boussel. He's a foreign correspondent. He is in Israel on the front lines, and he is telling us the truth. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guests jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest is Ari Bussell, who's taking his life in his hands, leaving <laughs> leaving Beverly Hills and, and uh, doing the right thing by speaking out on behalf of Israel, telling the world the truth. And that's what he's been doing here. And so why don't you continue, Ari, because there's just so much to be said. You were talking about um, that how it wasn't true about humanitarian aid not being allowed into Gaza from Israel. Correct. What, was, what is happening is to tell a lie takes a second. Uh, a very good friend, uh, Dr. Del Temkin, always says that to tell the lie takes two seconds, but to refute a lie will take a lifetime of effort. And even then, I'm not sure we'll be successful. Hamas keeps coming with, uh, with essentially with outright lies. There is, humanitarian aid is being blocked by Israel. Actually, what has been happening is that thousands of tons are being transferred every single day. Israel stops its, um, its operation for a three-hour window every day to allow for international aid convoys to pass into Gaza. Hamas uses it to exactly this same time frame to bombard Israel with more rockets. Um, the convoys arrive to the warehouses in Gaza. The warehouses are full. So the, hum- the humanitarian or uh, international aid organizations are simply, they cannot accept any more goods coming into Gaza. Hamas then does something wonderful. They take the international aid and either they sell it or 
They simply don't distribute it. It all contributes to the same end result. They don't care about their own people. They care about how can we damage Israel's position. So they keep bombarding the media with lies, and they keep preventing the population from getting the aid necessary. Israel is doing absolutely everything it can to ensure to minimize the effects on the local population, because the local population essentially is the one suffering, both on our side and the local Palestinians, not the Hamas terrorists. Okay, and let's talk about um, something that, that the exaggeration of the number of local population who have been um, killed or injured. Uh, there's one, some uh, um, video that was put on on CNN, for example, uh, that was supposed to be a Hamas hospital with a 12-year-old boy who was supposedly injured by Israel, Israeli fire, and there were two supposed doctors working on him, giving him CPR. I mean, that was the premise. But um, these were obviously actors or very bad doctors since they were touching his stomach, you know, tickling his stomach rather than performing real CPR. So uh, the, tell us the about that. Really, uh, the issue is uh, are not the clips. Here is the point. Hamas has been extremely sophisticated, and much like them, uh, m- many of our other enemies, in utilizing the, the world's public opinion against us. Hospitals, mosques, kindergartens are used as um, operation centers for Hamas. On the other side, we have doctors on our side in Beersheba, the, the, largest hospi- the second largest hospital in Israel, where doctors, Israeli doctors, are treating um, Arabs, Bedouin, Jews, without any difference on the label of the person. People from Gaza essentially are coming into Israel to get medical aid at the Beersheba Hospital. Um, We are already used uh, to the fact that Hamas is using a very sophisticated media attack in propagating lies. The second intifada broke uh, with the Aldura tape showing a father uh, protecting his son behind a large stone uh, with Israeli soldiers supposedly shooting for 45 minutes straight and yet there is not a drop of blood, and after 45 minutes, the dead son changes position because it wasn't really convenient for him. (laughs) That was made for TV. That was the ruse that started the Second Intifada. What I would urge, let's be very careful when we hear and see what's happening happening, uh, in Gaza. The Israel Defense Forces Spokesperson's Unit and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs both have numerous segments on YouTube, Um, and um, there is plenty of information. Uh, I would actually uh, just check IDF or MFA uh, under Google as a search, just search either IDF or uh, MFA, um, or go to mfa.gov.il, and you'll find all the information is readily available. Um, There will soon be a new site. Uh, which a group of young people uh, are launching called Israel Diplomacy. Um, it will be israeldiplomacy.com.org and .net, and it will bring live information, factual, timely, relevant information from Israel. Well, that's very that's very necessary and very good, um, because as you were starting to talk about before, the 
this, the, the, some of the biggest things are being overlooked while people are concentrating on this false propaganda, um, and that is, you know, number one, Iran's plan that this is just their first uh, onslaught to see how this goes and how they're supporting Hamas um, and how really this is just one step further, <laughs> closer to the rest of the world, including the United States. And second of all, how all of this propaganda how is inflaming the world, as you said, in these other cities, in, in Los Angeles, for example, um, uh, in the U.K., in, in Australia, all over the Germany, uh, in Germany, just the other day, a couple who had put an Israeli flag in their window um, got a visit from the German authorities who took it down. I mean, this is like, uh, this is like Hitler all over again. No, that, that was actually for their safety, but uh, we need to put things in perspective and, and remember the following. Um, when people say that Jews should go back to the ovens and the mission needs to be completed, we need to realize that Israel's fight and the particular operation is a fight for all of us. Israel, as Senator McCain used to say, is the canary in the coal mine. Yes. Israel is the last fort standing, and we are all, each and every one of us, is a soldier in, for our own sanity, for our own way of life, for the Western way of life, for this, all the freedoms that we enjoy so much and take for granted so much. Much like in Israel, we need to keep in mind, we have, and Israel is, is pretty much united uh, behind its leadership and behind the soldiers who are who are now in the south, but let's not forget that we too in the states have more than a hundred thousand young men and women fighting for all of us. Whatever the reasons we went into the war, they are overseas. They are fighting for our freedoms. Dr. Carroll, I thank you very much um, for the opportunity to talk with you. If you have one last question, I'll be happy to to try and answer. Well, I have one favor. Um, would you please, <laughs> since you're in, in such close, uh, such close relationship with the, um, people in authority in Israel, would you please try to get them to understand that this peace, land for peace does not work, and as you said before, and, and as people do know that the, the goal of the terrorists is to wipe Israel off the map, so one more piece of real estate is not gonna do it, and, and, um, that really has to be something to, taken to heart after so many years and so many trials, so many good-natured trials that didn't work. And thank you very much, Ari Bussell, for taking time from a very difficult situation. And, again, I admire you for doing the work that you're doing. I, I hope you stay safe. And thank you so much for telling us the truth. Thank, thank you for having me. And thank you all for listening. And please go to some of these websites that Ari has talked about, and you can you can uh, Google his name too to get his writings. That's A R I B U S S E L, and the um, websites that he he suggested that you look up IDF, the Israeli Defense. Well, the Israeli what is it? Defense uh, the, the Israel Defense Forces spokesperson. Okay, which is actually D O V E R dot I D F dot I L. And also soon to come, IsraeliDiplomacy.org and .com. And, um, and again, thank you all for listening. And when you see things on the news that are contrary to this, please start conversations with people. And you can come back to VoiceAmerica.com or you can go to my website, DrCarol.com, D-R-C-A-R-O-L-E.com, and listen to this broadcast again in the archives. So Dr. thank Carol, you, Ari, and thank you all for listening. Can we post your website also some of the links? 
This has been Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.